Today on Talk About That, I try to make Amish people laugh and deal with the youngest heckler ever. Meanwhile, John deals with mistaken identity and has a sermon illustration fall flat. Plus, a conversation on Christian camps, the Sabbath, and why we aren't built for perpetual excitement. Today's episode is not sponsored by Cliff Bars, the perfect meal supplement for weight loss because it's basically inedible. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bantertown. Let's talk about that. John, John. We're going back to Bantertown. It's been a while. I was thinking about resurrecting Bantertown. We we really kind of retired that. It could be its own podcast, really. It a really separate could. a separate entity. Well we wanted to make it, you know, like Bantertown Podcast Network, but we don't really have anybody else to put. It's really a, <laughs> it's really an arrogant Right. You've made the network name before it's like we st- have a second podcast. Starting a publisher before you've ever written a book. Right. Yeah. That's what that is, yeah. Of course, I called my people call themselves comedians, you know, before they really even are. Jerry Seinfeld used to have a bit about that about how, like, when you are introduced as a comedian for the first time, you're not a comedian yet, <laughs> but there's no other way to introduce what you're doing. So right. they go, "Let's next guy's a comedian. Come on out!" And then you come yeah. out and you're like, "It's one goes, of the only things you can just proclaim yourself." Yeah, he goes, "It'd be like if your first day in medical school, they just gave you a scalpel and said, cut the patient till he feels better.' <laughs> and you're like, "I don't know what I'm doing. Just keep going. You'll get better." Yeah, it's a um you know the 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 banter town. I could see it's rebranding. I like talk about that, but I think banter town. Sure. Maybe we should ask the listeners. Won't you take me to? <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Johnny? I'm okay. Uh you know, I've been it's been uh I bet I did a bunch of one-nighters uh last couple weeks. I was in Leesburg, Florida. Mm. Uh north of Orlando. Wonderful people there. Yeah. And uh, then I did um, I did a show in Amish country, Pennsylvania. Mm. I didn't know that it was going to be. So you go out there. If you ever, you ever been to rural Pennsylvania? No. Or have you been to like Philly? No. You've never been to Pennsylvania? No. Pittsburgh, Philly? No, I've done Amish country in other places, but yeah. not. Yeah. So I go out there and I knew that it was near this, this area called Lancaster. It's one of those places where it looks like Lancaster, but it's Lancaster. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, this seems like it's near there. It's sure like, enough, it's like Lafayette, Tennessee is Lafayette. Yeah, Lafayette. Right. Yeah. So sure enough, we pull in, and uh, there's bu- horses and buggies. There's like a bike lane in this area of the state, but the bike lane is just widened for buggies and horses. These little horse-drawn it's boxes. A, a buggy lane. It is. It's essentially a buggy wow. lane. Because if they got in the real lane, they just hold up traffic. Uh, Unless so, you get like one of those really fast horses. You got to get a <laughs> – hold on and you just – come on now. Go get Jedediah out of the barn. Hey, oh, we don't. Sorry. Let's not make any <laughs> sweeping statements about our friends, our Amish friends. Sorry. Anyway, so I get there. It was a fundraiser – or no, it was a benefit for end of the year for first – I knew it was for first responders. And it was being put on by a local business, and I think it was – for the local fire station there in a town called Paradise, Pennsylvania. Mm. But the town I was in was called Strasburg. And so we sh- I show up. It's this little events center behind a bar. And I'm like, all right, it's nice enough. They had a sound system. Nice. And then the guy who's the fire chief, he had seen me at a church a couple of years before. He goes, I saw you in 2019, and we wanted to get you in. Oh, great, man. He was a super nice guy, really cool. And then he goes, just so you know, like most of the people at the show tonight are going to be Amish. And I go, he goes, I don't know if you knew that. I go, I did not know I that. Didn't, yeah, that was not in the notes. <laughs> he just laughed because he's like, he was an Amish himself, but mm. he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, just get your pop culture references ready or what? I, I, I was just like, right. oh, my gosh. So I'm just like not panicking, but I'm like, this will be interesting. I've done some shows where there was Amish people in the crowd, but yeah. not like an Amish crowd. Sure enough, I go on. First of all, it was a long night. They had like a video of a highlight reel of all the things they did the last couple of years. Because the first time they gathered, I think, for a while. They didn't even get to do an awards ceremony the year before. The police chief spoke. The fire chief spoke. They had a speech. And the police chief's given this part about – and I'm on the phone with – I was texting my buddy. I go, this is going to be an interesting one. Because he gets on, he starts going, that was a crazy year last year. We had some crazy calls. Remember, Jake, when we went out to the – that resort that had uh, the iced over pond and they, they had 20 heifers fall through the ice. We had to pull out 20 dead heifers. And I just kept waiting for him to go, and now, to make us laugh. 
this dead heifer, and then I come in. But uh, so I was just like, this will be interesting. Then they played this video with like all these like rescue missions they did. Yeah. Somebody's taking photos along the way, and you know, flood, flood uh, rescues, and they're yeah. in like the little inflatable boats, and they're they're playing. There goes my hero. And, you know, that, that's behind, and they they do another song. And then randomly, it was like even flow. I'm like, that's a weird oh. choice. Okay. <laughs> It'd just be like a random, okay, that doesn't really fit, hero. I can be here, baby. Just breaks into tears. I always feel like Enrique Iglesias sounded like he was about to cry yeah. when he would sing that song. Was yeah. that, or was that Mark Anthony? I can't remember who sang that one. Anyway, whoever it was, he sounded like he was singing, but also right. just right about to snap. Edge. Right. Just about to sob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was real, like, yeah. They had to, like, go get the vocal booth and console him hey, mid take. Hey, right. we just need one more just, out of you. You just, I can't do it. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Muster the courage, bro. Yeah. Just keep going. One more. So then I go, well, this is going to be interesting. So, and there's no stage. So it's just like a carpeted floor. There's tables. People have been eating. And then I go up. There's like a buffet. But they're done eating. So they're faced towards me. But it's a lot of just chin beards. And they have these hats. Mm. Amish people wear, men, wear a straw hat that's like a very, it's a tight brim. It's not like a floppy straw hat but it's a very it's almost like a derby but it's made of straw and i noticed in the coat check room of this event center it's almost like what you would see at a country club yeah like there's like a a foyer with a couch and a thing and then you go in then you go in and there's like a little ballroom and that's where they have the dinners and so i'm looking in the coat check room and it's these hats and they're just 20 of them lined up on the shelf how do they know that's what i thought i thought there's got to be, like, if I pick one of these up, which I did, it's going to say, like, Jedediah or, you know, Merle, whatever. I don't know. And I pick it up, nothing. There's no, no way. there's no marks of any kind that would notate this is my hat. And I'm thinking, this is going to be chaos after communal, this show. It's a communal hat. I want it so bad to just go start mixing up because they probably were like, I'm the far left, so I know to go to my hat. Wouldn't that have been fun? Oh, my gosh. Now my hat doesn't second. fit. Yeah. I've disrupted their whole community. Anyway, I go up. It was good. It was fine. They were very um, polite. Mm. Uh, and uh, I got some laughs. But I noticed that, like some reference. I kept thinking in my head like, okay, the next thing coming up is a joke about cars. The next thing coming up is a joke about movies. The next thing's about TV. Mm. So you just start your jokes being like, you ever hear a song on the radio and you realize it's a commercial? You're like, nope. Right. Right. And I don't know because some of these, you know, some Amish people. Well, yeah, they might. Some I, of them I don't cheat. know what they engage. Because I made a Will Smith joke that night about how, like, Will Smith is going to come smack me or whatever that yeah. had just happened. And it got this big, huge laugh. And I was like, all right, mm, y'all cheat. Y'all not supposed to know about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I don't honestly know all the rules of, in all seriousness, right. of Amish culture. I don't either. And that's why I'm reticent to even, like, I'm not making fun of it. I'm no, fascinated no. by it as, like, an outsider. And it was such a cool, interesting, like, peek yeah. into their world. And I'm sure I was a peek into the world of the outsiders who are going to hell or whatever they think of me. Whatever they think I am. They well, may... we don't know if the Amish think that. Well, I mean, I'm just telling you. <laughs> You're like, I, no, I'm saying it. <laughs> I'm saying I'm going. Uh, no. No, but it's like it was so interesting. And then at one point, this is, this is the danger of not having a stage, by the way, mm. is it's so easy to get to you. Mm. And there were a couple of little ones in the room. Oh, no. That are just frolicking and playing, but it, they're not really disturbing the show. And then this kid who's three and is in the most cute homemade outfit with suspenders and he's got his little parted hair. I mean, he looks like a Gerber kid. He comes running up. Actually, he just saunters confidently. Wow. Confidently like, yeah, I belong here. Yeah. I don't know what you think you're doing, but this is my show now. And he just walks right up and stands right beside me. He just looks up at me, and I go, finally, I have to, I can't just keep <laughs> aiming my jokes here. Right. They're all looking at him. I go, hey, buddy, <laughs> how you doing there? You want to tell some jokes? And they all, <laughs> they all kind of laugh. And then, then he kind of looks at me. He just doesn't do anything. And then he wanders around. There's like an AV cart with the soundboard yeah. and cables coming off because it's like a very like rudimentary sound system with speakers on stands. So it's right beside me. And he just walks over to it and starts like reaching his hand towards it. Oh no! Like he's going to start either unplugging Mixing. things or yeah, he's going to he's now my engineer, <laughs> and I just go finally I don't know what to do because like I somebody can't. come get this kid. I go, I go, buddy. I don't blame you. I blame your parents. That's what. 
<laughs> that's, that's an old thing that my buddy Marty does. He'd be like, I, I don't blame this kid at all. I blame the parents. And so I was just trying to diffuse it by being yeah. snarky a little bit. Still nothing. Mm. And then finally I had to go like, seriously, where are your parents? I go, am I adopted? Are you my kid now? Am I- I'll take you home. And then that got a, like a nervous laugh. And then this guy comes up who's probably mid-20s. And uh, and he kind of just and he kind of gives me a little slug in the arm, like like he was a little bit irked by it, I think, like that I called him out. Yeah. But I was like, what? A, what, what? Do you know what a real comedian would have done? Do you know what like a dirty comedian would have oh. done? You know what I'm saying? Like if I had the if I was able to really like let loose on somebody that let their kid come up. Anyway, it wasn't irritating to me. It was just one of those things of like interesting. Well, this was this was something for the books. Like I, it really doesn't bother me. It's a funny story to me. I don't care. As long as it doesn't like derail the show and make yeah. it impossible to get laughs again, which I think I got them back, which is good. But and then I just launch into another, you know, who watches American Idol? Or Yay. I don't know what reference I. It wasn't American <laughs> Idol, but it was one of those things where you're like, every joke you're scanning ahead. I'm floating because I know I've done my show enough to where you can, and I know you've done this with sermons before, where like you're floating above yourself, going, "Well, this next point's going to be yeah, it's something. coming." Yeah. And you do that all the time if you do the same material like I do. So it's like um, I'm going, no, I'm just like crossing it off the queue. Like, no, no, that one's about movies. That one's – and I wasn't – it wasn't that I wasn't doing them. It's like I was going, this won't hit harder than this. This is not going to be the normal crescendo. So it was just one of those things of like – the guy was thrilled though. He was like, oh, it was so great. And he told me that they loved it. And that was fine. That was really fun. Yeah. And I was glad I did it. And it was cool to honor. I just had no idea there were this many Amish volunteer firemen. Yeah. They're out there doing it, guys. Yeah. They're well, doing the I mean, work. In straw hats, no less. That's a, That's fire, a fire hazard, hazard if ever there was yeah, one. Right there. I don't think they wear the straw hats when they <laughs> when they volunteer. I did do a thing where I talked about like being pranked at your first job and yeah. people haze you. And I go, do you guys haze people? And I go, do you like not turn on the fire hose for them? Like this guy. And I, that got like a laugh. Yeah. And it was just like, I don't know. But I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to talk to Amish people. I don't know how to talk to firemen. I was just at a loss. Wow. I was just like, I'm going to do my jokes and hope and just get that out they of work. Yeah. yeah, and it was. It was fun. They were very fun. But it's interesting. So there is another John Driver out there. That's who, right. Who's a Mennonite? Who's a Mennonite theologian? And Mennonite, I think, is like Amish light. I don't know. Again, I think. please forgive me. I'm telling listener, you, we don't. I've heard that it's like not as restrictive. It's possible. I, yeah, I think there's levels. But I remember my first call with my agent. Do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to go to? <laughs> <laughs> my first call with my agent, he had looked me up, mm-hmm. which I'm writing a new book proposal. So oh, and he confused you? And it's the first time, by the way, in a book proposal, I've listed my name as John C. Driver. Right. So it's like Hollywood, you do that. That's why Michael J. Yet. Fox is Michael J. Fox. I, but I sh- maybe should have waited not waited till I've written 28 books. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, and this is, I should have done this in the first one. Yeah. But I do own johndriver.com. Not johncdriver.com. I own that. Oh, well, yeah. Good really, luck. Good really luck getting that back. Negotiating. But I got on there and he was like, I thought he was joking. Yeah. And he was like, hey, you know, uh, since he said, see you the Mennonite. I'm surprised you found the email. And it was How do a, you even? But I'm like, yeah, I got some family that are Mennonites up in Pennsylvania. And I was like, <laughs> he was serious. Yeah. He's from Pennsylvania. I was like, oh. Um, so, but I didn't like make fun of him like you just did. Like, what I, <laughs> I just was like, just for a well, second. Well, let me tell you, uh, the guy, that was the most interesting part was one of the younger guys comes up to me after he goes, because I did a joke. I always do a joke about like, people always wonder, does my wife come with me? Yeah. And I, normally I say like, do you want to go with me? And she'll be like, where are you going? I go, San Diego. She's like, let's go. And I go, she goes, where are you going? I go, Strasburg, Pennsylvania. She said, I'll see you when you get back. It's like a joke mm-hmm. I make if I'm in like a nowhere town, which is most of what I do is small towns. And it's just a joke. But they, this guy came to me. He goes, next time, bring your wife with you. He goes, don't tell her you're taking her to Strasburg. Tell her you're taking her to Intercourse. And then you're going to take her to Paradise. Because oh, wow. those are two, 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 two town two, names yeah. in Pennsylvania, in rural, in, the, in that same wow. area. So I was like, "You na- these Amish people are nasty." Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did you say that to him? No. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, uh, this is maybe, yeah. Somebody gave me a T-shirt. Right. That I was said, "I you? heart." No, but I remember you. See, I remember you showing it to me. It said, "I heart." Intercourse. I had a picture of it. Yeah. On some trip with Laura when early, I, I heart intercourse. intercourse Pennsylvania, a little tiny PA. Little tiny. At the, yeah. At the, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "That's a good one, guys. Good one." So, <laughs> 
this wow, we're going far. No, this, it's fine. This actually came up in the staff meeting yesterday. <sighs> I can't believe I'm saying this. But Allison's freaking out right now. This is, we she, get she, real she, on she this show, John. But like the word intercourse means dialogue as right. well. We've kind of made it. Yeah. yeah. It's become this. We one made phase. everything. Everything about intercourse is sexual intercourse. And which there's many kinds of intercourse. Yeah, You read, especially, right. you know, even early 20th century documents. It's not yeah. uncommon. Right. For two nations to have intercourse about the right. treaty. Yeah. You know, and people today are like, but you would never say that. They're now. like chuckling. Yeah. It's yeah. like, guys, that's, that's the, that's correct. Yeah. But so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that's one of the words I want to redeem. Yeah, you don't want to take, take back intercourse. Like, hey, everybody, I'm gonna, you know, you're not gonna spend a lot of energy on intercourse. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm gonna be. Editing. We're very close to editing this I'm out. But no, we're not going to. We're close to though. I, I, just, I wonder. I don't know. I don't know yet. We'll have to talk about it afterwards. <laughs> talk about that. that. <laughs> oh, we're just talking about grammar, Johnny. Is all yeah, it is. That's all it is. It's just grammar. Well, it's just lexicon. It's the. It's the. Yeah. It's the words that we use the most and that they become like our regular words. And then there's some words that kind of are outsiders. Then there's words that just become the meaning gets locked into one focused thing. Yeah. And then it's just after that, you know, okay, whatever. And you go, well, that used, they used to actually mean a lot of things. No. Well, the other one was, gosh, I, I can't, I'm not going to say that one either. <laughs> Andrew's generation. Yeah. They would say, Hey, uh, I'll give you a call. We'll hook up later. Yeah. Okay. And now hook up. Yeah. Has a sexual connotation. Now you'd say connect, right? And like, yeah, let's connect later on that. Like one of our staff members said, yeah, that day I called somebody. You know, again, he's in his fifties. That's just a normal thing to say. Yeah, I'll call him. We'll hook up later. And the person looked at him real weird. Mm-hmm. He's like, guys, that just you know, I don't know. So they think Andrew wants to Netflix and chill. It's a very, <laughs> it's very interesting. <laughs> hey, by the way, I kind of have a reveal on the show today. Okay, uh, it's kind of a big deal. Okay, but uh, I bought you a present. No, you didn't. I did. John. I did. And I want to present it to you. This is embarrassing. I didn't get you anything. Of course, I did give you two presents one time on the show in a row. (laughs) I have Mm -hmm. bought you an official University of Tennessee SEC tournament championship. My favorite is it's just like Intercourse Pennsylvania shirt in that SEC tournament champion. It's really small. It just says men's basketball champions. SEC tournament. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. So this is I, I. It took a while to get here. I ordered this the night we won. These are this is the shirt they were wearing on the court. Wow. So this is the official one. Beautiful and uh, very nice. I got one for myself. Thank you, sir. So maybe you know, let's you got to let me know if you're gonna wear it on the twinsies. So, well, both. Why can't we? I don't think we want to. No, I don't think we're there. Like a like a uniform that we yeah. now have. You used to always talk about that. You can always tell when someone's. Like when couples do it, yeah, you just looks like the guy cheated, and that's his punishment that's forever. She's labeling him, right? Yeah, yeah he's mine now. <laughs> Hands off, he's ladies. Wear, he's wearing this tie dye. We're shirt. both wearing fuchsia today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, there you no, go. No, that's beautiful. Happy uh, basketball. We uh, we won the tournament, and then we really disappointed in the you know in the main tournament. You know, John. Which one would you rather have, John? Listen, if we had not. Um, Do you think we wore ourselves out for no reason, too, because we ended up with a three? That's probably what, basically, that's what your, your overall sentiment is. Like, it didn't matter that we won it because we didn't get a higher seed, and now the kids are tired. They go on with... I think a championship is a championship in a season. It's yeah. not the championship, but I think... Well, it's if, a tournament championship right, you won versus a, your regular season You champion. won your conference tournament championship. It's yeah. a huge deal. It hasn't happened in 40 years. And I... I Beautiful. We're I one of those it. people. I don't want to downplay just because we... Look, only one team won the NCAA tournament, so the other the other sixty seven are failures. Right, that was the point. Like if you if you think of it that way, well, no, they're not, and you can't just count the Final Four. Like, so yes, we should have beat Michigan. We did not. No. That guy hit a hook shot, and we couldn't hit a three, and that was it. That was the game. So yeah. they shut down Bescovy, and, yeah. uh, and our and our starting point guard has gone pro. Kennedy Chandler. Yeah. Yeah. Freshman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's Freshman one and done. He is our third one and done in two years, which that's great, actually, for the program. That means, yeah, that that's we're going to attract more of those people. Yeah. So I don't know if that's good or bad. We only have two scholarship uh, openings right now. It's so weird to see these coaches now being. We're on the tail end of coaches being hammered and NCAA violations for like allegedly paying players, and now we're entering the era where players are going to start getting paid. Yeah, they're allowed to. Not paid to play basketball, but paid to play bas- to play basketball, basically. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, 
the things that we killed this guy for is going to be like, well, yeah, they have a slush fund. <laughs> like, it's just going to be a thing. And whoever has the biggest slush fund wins. I mean, does that? Uh, I kind of. I I'm in know. the middle. I want kids to get paid for their name, image, likeness. But I feel like it's going to be this weird end around for boosters to be like, you know, yeah, he's a. That's why he's driving that new Hummer. It's because he's a. Well, you know what? It's 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 a little bit like. Um, oh wow, we're just on all the topics today. You know, if you, uh, I'm not going to talk about that. Never mind. <laughs> I'll just have to edit it. <laughs> I'm giving you so much work today. Um, I didn't mean to get controversial, John. No, it's fine. It's fine. No, I think that. When you when you take something with adults doing something that is making lots of money for somebody, yeah, even though they get a college education, exposure, possible, you know, right. most of them don't go pro. But do you think you would have felt different about this twenty years ago? Like everybody just felt differently about this twenty years ago, and now you see so many people that are up in arms, like, well, of course the kids deserve a cut. Whereas before, I would have been more likely to be like, yeah. but they're getting like one hundred fifty thousand dollars education. I, I, I like a kid be. got to go to Duke. That he didn't get nothing out of it. Sure. But now I'm so up in arms. I'm like, yeah. Really? Think about how I just think about how many jerseys that Duke sold with Christian Leitner's name on it. Yeah. And he probably just thought, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go pro and have this great career, and it won't matter. Yeah. And then he had a very average pro career, and was out of the league in five years. And now he's probably only a multi-millionaire. Instead Agreed. Multi-multi. But you know what I mean. But Leitner's it's that thing of like, it's that thing of like, oh, well, the kid will get there. Whatever down the road. Well, we don't know that. Somebody could blow out their knee, and I could blow out my knee. John, I've blown out my knee. <laughs> it probably, what's funny is that would affect my career very little. Yeah, that's a great. That's great to be able to be like, hey, I could blow out a knee. And I always think about what limb, yeah, I could hurt and continue what I do. That's a weird. It is because I love to run. So if I really hurt my knee, I think, man, that would really change my life. But that's a very dark. Oh yeah, Place this, is, to go. this is a six thing, bro. How? Like you don't even know the. <laughs> what depth. limb could I live without? Like, what if I lost my right arm? Could I? Uh, could I type with my left? You'd have to teach. You teach yourself. See that that right there. That arm would become. It would compensate. You think? No. You haven't seen me. Do, <laughs> no. I don't think you have not seen me do things left-handed. Like it is like it's like a wooden paddle mm-hmm. compared to my right. Like now I can play some keyboard. Yeah. That's why I'm not. But a you great, teach yourself those motions. It's now. not. I'm great. I'm not a great guitar player for that reason. See, you're a lefty who plays guitar right handed. Would you have a nub? Would you be on the nut? Would you? What I was. We talking full on to the shoulder? No, I don't talking? know. If I just lost use of it, I don't know. Okay. Like, could so, I? There was a story when I was in high school, and I'll never forget it. It was about a kid who was on the farm. I think he was 19, 20, and he his arms were pulled off Ooh. of his body in like a threshing machine or some piece of farm equipment. So he's just got no arms, and he crawled somehow, made his way to his house, little farmhouse, and dialed 911 with a pencil in his mouth. No way. And they, uh, I can't remember if they reattached his arms or not, but like, I was like, I would just lay in the feet. I just remember thinking like, he went on Letterman, I think, later. It was like one of those things where it was like a nationwide story because it was crazy, this kid... His will to survive, and I was yeah. just like, "Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't. I think I'm a, I'm done." Right. Well, hey, we had a good. Somebody run. pulls off my arms. I'm gonna be like, hey, man, I got a, Is there a pencil around here somewhere I can?" I'd be like, "That's Jeez. it for me." I do, man. I I, I admire people who overcome. Yeah. You know, uh, I saw a guy with no arms play the guitar for the Pope one time. I'm like, <sighs> remember Axe Network? Remember when that was a thing? Yeah. So I'm watching it, and if you remember Axe, they play like a lot of church content, and so they had this concert for the Pope. And this guy's got a classical guitar laying on the ground, no arms, and he's got bare feet, and his jeans are rolled up. And I'm thinking, what's this guy? What's going to happen here? Like, I was almost like, this will be amazing if he does anything. Right. If he played a G chord, how incredible would that be? And this guy starts playing, like, classical gas, like stuff crazy, intricate. Like, I couldn't kick a guitar down the stairs (laughs) if I had no arms. And this guy is just, just wailing. Just killing it. And, uh, yeah, the Pope is just, you know, Pope just nods. Yeah, I think the Pope should get more excited. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. If that happens. It's not the same Pope. This was like an old Pope. It's oh, like John well, Paul II mind. or whatever. You can't, you can't account for. No. I don't. I think the new Pope would be more on board. He's the more, he's like the social justice Pope. Yeah. Yeah. He's more of a. 
progressive pope, so I think he would be like, <laughs> he would jump up. And do you remember my original sermon on Peter? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, yeah. the first pope. No, Peter I used, was. I used was to the... call it from dope to pope. You don't remember that? <laughs> I, I do I remember it. <laughs> that was, that feels like that feels like it was Brian, our, that feels like Pastor Brian's influence. Yeah, that feels like our old buddy. Uh, it was very early. It was very important. Sermons rhymed late nineties and had a pop culture reference yeah. and or an MTV vibe to them. Uh huh. From dope, dope to, to pope. pope. I mean, it was an amazing journey. <laughs> <laughs> I always again, I always ask kids like, "Hey, okay, so you sat in my ministry for six years. Yeah, you heard fifty sermons on average. Mm-hmm. You heard three hundred sermons." Can yeah. you name one? How idea? many people can name one? Like, of all the kids, they can usually name something I said, and it usually was not what I meant to say. Yeah, it's, a, sort of it's a mistake you made. Right? Yeah, I remember that time you accidentally cussed because yeah. you were trying to say this word and came out like this. And you're like, or they remember like a, you didn't play. We didn't play a lot of games in your youth group, but they wow. might remember like a dumb game we did. Remember yeah. that time somebody almost died playing Chubby Bunny? <laughs> they do remember. When I set that, John, they might not remember what you said or what you did, but they remember how you made, made them feel. feel. I don't know if they remember that either. No, they're they like, don't. "Who are you?" Yeah, I, I remember the time I, I took a candle and lit it inside of a box. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember no. what the sermon was about. <laughs> was it like this little light of mine, or no? I think it was about I don't know the the light within or something kind of thing. Like the light's a, on in somebody's home. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it's like this. I had that image. They remembered that the Holy Spirit, but nobody and knows why you need to get near it. Nobody, <laughs> nobody remembers why what I did with it. So that's because uh, the box burst into flames, right? And they were like, "Oof!" You do remember the time that I did have a fire illustration? This was our previous church, our old church, and I don't remember. This. You know, I grew up doing lawn care, so I was around gasoline all the time. So I yeah. know I got. You know, I'm not. I'm not afraid to work with gasoline, Johnny. <laughs> I think you should be more. There should be a healthy fear of gasoline. Now, going backwards, this 21-year-old guy. You shouldn't be afraid of putting gas in your car. You should be afraid of lighting gasoline. I had a gas can in my office. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is I brought it inside. Yeah. And I was going to light something up, burn it off of it, and then that was the whole idea. Like, it would still be the same because he just burns the gas off real right. fast, you know. And what was the illustration, though? That I think that was the idea of like the resilience of, hey, listen, you walk through the fire, but you're not burned. Kind okay, of thing, you know? right. And uh, so I did it in my office. It worked. And when I got up to do it in the sermon, <laughs> it wouldn't catch on fire. Oh, the gasoline wouldn't catch on the fire? The gasoline on the same thing. I forget what it was. Uh-huh. Whatever I had. And for whatever reason, you couldn't do it twice to the, one, to the same object. Huh. I don't know why. But I sat there and the, the room... Filled with the aroma of gasoline, yeah, which is not good for people. No, uh, you're not supposed to do that inside. So only did the illustration not work. I mean, you may have given people. I may have some secondhand brain damage. It's possible. Is it? Yeah, I don't. But know. But was it worth it? Oh no. <laughs> No, I wonder not. if any of those kids remember that, but I was just like, "Hey, look at that one catch!" I mean, even you could you use like lighter fluid you talk from about a grill. Like, you want to talk about feeling like a failure? When no. you're sitting there with a can of gasoline, you can't make a flame, bro. That'll preach. Isn't that how we feel sometimes? Some of y'all ain't worth the. I don't know. <laughs> Some of y'all been dousing your sermon <laughs> illustration. I was going to say twice. that the illustration could be negative, like you had a fire that burned. Like we always we always got like screamed at for. When we come home from camp, don't let the fire go out. Yeah. You got to take this home to your communities. And it could be like the fire burned off, cause, but it didn't change you. Like you're still the same. Uh, come on now. So you could have used it that, in that way to make people feel bad about themselves. That don't let the fire die after camp thing yeah. was a major when I was a kid. Yeah. A major. Like you got to stay just on 10. Yeah. Which nobody can live in there. No. That's not, we're not built. Like, if you think of somebody who's always on 10, yeah, that's not a pleasant person. No, and it's not the way, like, we had no concept. Like, John the Baptist might have been that, but he stayed in the woods and, like, ate ate locusts locusts and stuff and and screamed at people to repent. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, and John the Baptist had a million buddies. Like, no. No. Mm -mm. He was probably tough to be around. He was, yeah, he was a weird dude. I'm glad we had him. An important guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) he had a tough camp season. He, and never, he was told he never let the fire die. He didn't. In his case, I think it was water. Actually, yeah. I don't. Um, I don't think I had a concept of emotions being a part of my 
of my whole yeah, and that being okay, there was a sense of your spirituality should override your emotions at all time or it should amp your emotions. Your spirituality should access and change your emotions always yeah. to this, like you said, level 10. And so the challenge for me was is I don't feel the same. My emotions are not at So 10. something's wrong with me. Right. I must be – I'm taking this spiritual relationship for granted now. Yeah. And I got to feel bad about that now. Got to. Yeah. Because this should feel like camp. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. I would go home. I remember as a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, I would go pray in the summer at home after camp, sometimes two, three hours, trying to get that feeling, mm-hmm. which is not normal. For no. that, That's not a – that guy was holy. That was like a – Yeah. Just desperate. From a place of condemnation. Right, desperate to feel that thing again and not let yeah. it go, you know? Because one of the things my therapist friend and I talk about a lot is like w- wasted – like pain that was avoidable yeah. by my action is sort of my trigger. So if it's unavoidable, it's like, okay, that's right. awful. If it's like – so again – I get that. I totally understand that. Yeah. I think I'm the same way. Yeah, things that happen that I can't control, okay, that's mm-hmm. awful. Things that happen that I could have done something yeah. you know, that I couldn't foresee well enough. That's why I spend my life trying to foresee better. Yeah. You know? But then you mess yourself up trying to figure out is this something I could have controlled and you so you, you second guess – like trying to make a decision. For instance, if you're like if you're traveling, like I travel for a living, and so I don't try not to get stressed about oh we're delayed or oh there's traffic. But if I think, man, all I had to do was if I could have just taken the exit before this, yeah. I would have missed this. Yeah, and I could be home free now. Yeah, then it bothers me because I I made a choice to stay. Yeah. And I could have made, I could have checked Google Maps or whatever for five minutes, and I could have got around this. Now I'm in the traffic. It's yeah. a totally different feeling when I could have controlled it. Yep. Even uh, though you couldn't have had the knowledge to control it. Yeah. I mean, unless you would open Google. Yeah. Uh, you should have thought about that. Want that preach? But the someone today said, you know, you don't need to live in your past, and I was like, you don't understand me at all, <laughs> because the reason I dwell in the past, like. In, in those exact scenarios is because I want to make sure I learn from them what I can to not do that again the next time. Yeah. So it's like this. That's for me. I simply dwell in the past just, I think, to feel condemned. I really think I dwell in the past to be like, okay, I should have done this differently. And the more I think about this, the more I'll make sure I do this differently next time so I can avoid the pain moving forward. But, Johnny, you can't – I'm actually preaching on that Sunday, like in the you – know, the, Palm Sunday triumphal entry, like, you know, the prophecies about Jesus riding on the colt, about uh-huh. the palm branches, or the palm branches were a symbol of of victory. So there was they were they were thinking he's revolutionary, and they had, but but the truth was the verse there actually says they didn't put all this together till after he was resurrected. Yeah, that the the donkey and riding in Jerusalem was a prophecy fulfilled. Because mm-hmm. I don't think prophecies are supposed to be things that you figure out ahead right, of time. Right, still mysterious to them. Right, they're things that you're supposed to be able to look back on and go, okay, I see God's plan in a way that this couldn't have lined and that he even predicted it. But yeah. it wasn't for me to know. But in the but I think what, what they wanted was an end to their pain. So it's a – like there's there's no – even through the prophetic, like there's no workaround of pain. That's what we really all want. Let's avoid it. Let's you know mitigate it. And there's no path even through the ways of Christ. Now you can avoid some pain by the ways of Christ that are circumstantial or consequential to your life because you choose a path that is healthier. But you can't avoid the disappointment or the right just being human pain from just being human. Yeah, like there's no there's no path around it, bro. The only way to keep the fire after camp would be to just make camp at home. You you have the games every night. Yeah. Chubby bunny, the, on my chubby own. bunny. You get this the little kitty pool. You fill it with the last night's dinner. You go take a run and jump. You dive oh, into it. Amazing. You tag the next kid. Right. There's Whoa. no other next kid because no one's hanging out with you because no you're there. that kid. Right. And uh, camp Johnny. It is. It's a sad <laughs> camp. <laughs> and then you have testimony night. Right. Hey guys, thanks. Uh, I don't normally do this. You, sl- you line up all your teddy bears. <laughs> And you're giving your I don't, I don't, testifying to them. I don't like talking in front of people. Can I tell you my pet peeves of yeah. and this is awful, it's very judgy, very judgy. But like when you hand someone in church a microphone yeah. who's not used to talking. Mm-hmm. And this is not meant to be judgy. Yeah. But I've just noticed it so many times over the years. And I know I we, we talk in a microphone every day. Okay. 
so it's not not many to look down, but so it's a big deal for a lot of people. But mm-hmm. like we used to do, we wanted to have more of our people. We're gonna do it again. Welcome everyone to church. Uh-huh. So we do an opening song. I want you to get up and give. this. Yeah. it's a forty-five second, thirty. Yeah, second I like that. That's yeah. cool. But they'd get up there. And here, here are the things. Here are like the ticks that I've noticed among people. They get up, and the first thing they say is, "Oh man, I don't like talking in front of people." Yeah. Oh man, I, I, I'm not real sure what all I'm supposed to say. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if you went over it like a hundred times. You know, I, yeah. know, I want you to say my name is. It's like know. a. Def- it's like you're diffusing it already. You're like making a. You're minimizing it so that it. It's, if it doesn't go good, you're like, well, he's right. already told us he's not used to talking in front of people. But it actually just makes it worse. Right. It makes it. Yeah. Yeah. So then I gave them a card. I started a process where I'd print a card. Like and then they go, it says on this card. Yes, that was the next thing. <laughs> they get up there and they'd go. They do the same thing now with yeah. my card. Yeah. They'd, start, they'd go. Um, they gave me this card. Oh no. And uh, I'm supposed to read this card. I was like, wow, we just wasted. You got to coach your people better. I would that. coach them. Like I don't so, know what's wrong. So with then you. the next time I started writing at the top of the card, do not, do not. acknowledge the card. <laughs> <laughs> it was like my note to the, whatever you do. I state your name. Do would not like to welcome you. <laughs> would like to welcome you to insert church name. <laughs> and it's, again, it's just one of those like, hey, and you always tell me that we all do it as speakers in some way. Yeah. We have something like I mean, I totally over disclaim. There used to be comedians know. who I mean, this is an old comedian trick. But if you're ever like in a city that you like, if you're an open mic, and uh, I've, I've seen a lot of comedians go. Hey, this next guy I just wants you guys to know that it's his first time doing comedy because the audience is extra, like, uh-huh. generous. And, you know, and then they'll be like, that guy's amazing. He's going to be, and you could be, do, you've done comedy 10 years, <laughs> but it's just like a thing some people do. <laughs> and some people do it just as a gag, but I've seen comics do it because they're like, I'm trying a bunch of new stuff and I just want them to not, nice to lean in a little bit and yeah. give me a little bit more latitude. So be like, this is his first time doing comedy. Welcome, Johnny W. And I'm like, hey, guys. And they're like, man, he's really confident. Wow, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not a great comedian, but for somebody that's missed my first time, I'm a really great comedian. <laughs> you know? Like Nate Brigazzi has a bit about that, about how he likes to tell people that he uh, used to weigh 300 pounds. He goes, because I don't look good, but I look really good for a guy that used to weigh 300 pounds. <laughs> and as somebody that used to weigh 300 pounds, he's right. <laughs> he does look good for a guy who's weigh 300 pounds. You look great, Johnny. Oh, thanks. It's very nice. Yeah. Um, it's my first time doing podcast. It's the first podcast. time doing podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> no, it's a. It's one of those. Don't read the card. Don't read the card, man. Don't don't say, don't recognize, don't acknowledge the card. Read the card. Don't acknowledge the card. But it is weird to read a card, too. It's like reading from your hand or yeah. something. But I used to, again, we all have them, even if you've been doing a long time. Yeah. It's the, John Kerry used to get on me all the time. Because he'd say, whatever you do, I don't ever in your sermon ever want to hear you utter the words, for a minute, I'm going to put on my teaching hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I used to be a teacher, so in my yeah. mind, I'm going to take you guys down right. this. He's like, you're just telling us we're about to be the most bored yeah, yeah, yeah. audience. You're telling, you're not, like, if you have some great stuff to teach, just teach it. It sounds like you're saying, like, I'm going to lecture you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take you. you know, how, how, many, how many of you guys like school? You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. mean, yeah. So I stopped doing that. Take off your teaching hat. I take off. I just, if I'm wearing it, you don't know it. Uh, it's a straw hat. Yeah. Really, yeah. So, but I, I don't, yeah, you don't know if I have the teaching hat on or not. Guys, can I just talk to you as like the cool dad <laughs> for a minute? I just want to get down on your level. The other one is, is if you say young people. Oh, yeah. No, guys, I want to speak Youth to you. Youth pastors that say young people. Uh-uh. You can't say I'm speak to you young, young people. people. You're a city on a hill, whether you like it or not. I know okay. you don't like it, but you should. <laughs> don't say young people. Oh, there was one more. Um, who was it that used to say gang? He said gang. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say who. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know who it was. And he worked with gangs. That's say? the weirdest part. No, <laughs> no he, he did not. No, he he did. never said a gang in his life. Um, one of my, my pet peeves in music. Yeah. So, by the way, I'm listening. You ever listen to Social Club Misfits? Yeah. Dude, they're so good. Yeah. I actually did a show with them. Really? A uh, festival. So good. Yeah, they're fantastic. I like four or five albums out. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. So, but I have a pet peeve. Okay. In Christian Calling yourselves a misfit. And No, it's fine. So we're all misfits out we, there. Aren't we though, guys? Um, my pet peeve is when you're in a worship song or a Christian song. Yeah. And you decide instead of writing a real bridge, you're going to break into Amazing Grace. Oh, yeah. Adding... 
if people do guys you do like a whatever the what is it community property now what is it called when it's it's past the patent public and you domain. Can, it's public domain yeah. you just do a public domain verse yeah what's well, usually the course amazing grace how sweet the sound like guys go listen to christian music and figure out how many times yeah that a song breaks into amazing grace and they usually change the melody yeah the guy who wrote that's like i never should let that patent expire <laughs> man i'd be rolling in it <laughs> And I just, I'm like, it to me, I know it's crazy. People may love Amazing Grace. I'm not against Amazing Grace, Johnny. If we're gonna as sing, a concept. If, right. And if we're going to sing the song, great. Yeah. What I don't want you is it's been repurposed. Mm-hmm. It just feels lazy to me. Like, stop repurposing it and write your own verse about God's Amazing Grace. Be lazy in the way that we're lazy. Right. Don't write the song at all. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Just sit on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't man. you feel like you're sitting on a lot of good ideas? Always. Feel, yeah. I feel like... That's my one of my main problems is I feel like, man, if I ever got it together, I could do some good stuff. <laughs> I'm very confident in like a future me that yeah. has it all together. Yeah. You know, it's like I think that's what procrastination is. I don't think it's necessarily a negative. I think it's the utmost confidence in my future self because <laughs> I'm like, you don't understand. If I wait till the last minute to get this done, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm that confident. That's why when I you're I don't even know if you feel this because we're, we're wired a little bit differently. But do you get like a little bit of a rush when you can put something off? Oh yeah, really? I just don't think of you that way. So I think you—I think of you as somebody who like likes to dive into a list and get stuff done. I do, and I do too. I like—I like the satisfying end of a list. Like, man, I got a lot done today. Yeah. But when I see the list, it's so daunting that if I go, oh, that's not even doodle three weeks from now. It's like heroin. <laughs> it's like it's unbelievable the rush of knowing like, oh, that was this Tuesday. That's not till next Tuesday. Yeah. It's like when someone cancels plans with you. Oh yeah. You're like, oh, I get we don't to have to do anything. Home. Yeah. <laughs> no, for me, no. The rush is not the feeling of putting it off. The rush is having had put it off, then getting it done. Yeah. Like, right. like, oh, I should not have waited the last minute, and then I knocked it out, and then yeah. then I feel like the satisfaction that I had saved all this other time that I didn't realize. Yeah. So, but no, I'll get, I'll get, uh, and it's been happening a lot lately. I'll get wide eyed at something I need to get done, and I just, I can't. I don't have the gumption. Like, well, that makes can't. me feel better about you and our relationship. But there was like, I think it, Margaret Thatcher, some English uh, leader, said something about like, if you think about your best day, it won't be a day where you sat around and did nothing. It'll be a day where you had a lot to do and you got it done. Yeah. And I think about that. It's like, it's true. Like when I think about my best day, I don't think like, and then we did nothing. Like sometimes you need those days, yeah. but those aren't your best days. Your best days are like, I showed myself something today that I could do it. Like I figured yeah. it out and I got it done. Like those are your best days. Or like a day that was so crazy and full of like chaos, yeah. but you made it and you were around the people that you loved. Not like we just isolated and I went to the beach. Like beach days are needed, but that's not necessarily your best days. I don't think you know me at all. Yeah, John. <laughs> a day on the beach with a. But his, I'm saying, like, when history. you. But I'm no, saying but your I mean, leg. I'm talking about a legacy day. When you look back on your life, you're not going to be like, sure. man, that day I spent on the beach. That was. I need my daughter and wife with me in order for this to be the best day. Sure. I, I agree that there are. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about, like, we are not defined by our productivity, but uh, when we take a list of things and you get them done and you go, I brought something out of myself that I didn't know was there. Because of this list, yeah. I would not have I, I would not have tapped into that part of my side, part of my personality otherwise than that project. That's a good day, but it's hard for it, me to get to that. Is. I can stop myself on this side of that. I actually heard a term this week of reading something called toxic productivity. Really? Yeah, and that's a thing in culture right now where people, I think it's a name. Just the, like the trends know. are coming out of COVID that people toxic are trying to have a more. Because I was on a huge marketing call with some amazing people yesterday, and the trends are people are really seeking a healthier, more holistic, balanced life. If you will, they're seeking like a Sabbath. They know that they need yeah. a Sabbath in their life, so it's like it goes back to like God's ways of things. Yeah, you're supposed to rest. We just one, haven't named it that. No, you're supposed to. You're supposed to be at rest one seventh of your life. I yeah. mean, just let's put that in perspective. But if you think about the hours you sleep, is that not? One no, seven? it doesn't count. Okay, you're supposed to be awake and non-productive. One seventh of your awake life. I thought it was six sevenths, and I have really—I've gotten <laughs> off my notes. <laughs> Remember, we were trying to come up with band names. You—you you wanted to call us Seventh Day. Seventh Day, because Third Day was so big then. And then we would just I get just up get on stage, stage and rest sit there. Yeah. 
Hey guys, <laughs> where are the instruments? They don't do anything. Don't, this, is, yeah. this is their show. And this is amazing. It's performance art. <laughs> <laughs> what do we pay them? Nothing. They didn't even want money. They... <laughs> <laughs> the Sabbath thing, it it does it hovers over me too. It hovers over me like a. I should be doing that. Like you don't some, think that you Sabbath? You no. don't think you rest? I think that it's it's. Well, you hoc. work on Sunday because it's part of your. It's right? your job. There's that. And I think you can take a Sabbath any day. I don't think that the day is necessarily as, as – if you feel strongly that the day is, you know, relevant to the process, then great. You know, that's a conviction. But then you're thing. not going to go do your – like if you're a pastor, you can't take the Sabbath off. Well, but the real Sabbath is Saturday if you're going to go that hardcore about <laughs> – We just – Yeah. I mean, if you're going to call it Sabbath, which is a Jewish word, it's yeah. Saturday. Yeah. If you're going to try to bring Sabbath theology from Judaism over into Christianity. Yeah. And make it only that one day. And yeah. say that the early church basically moved. And that's the theory. The early church then met on the Lord's Day, which is Sunday, the day he was resurrected. Yeah. And that became their new holy day. But they didn't make it a huge, like, presentation work day where... There was tons going on necessarily behind them. You think? I don't know. They met in the temple every – they met in the temple on the Lord's Day. I often wonder about that. Like, you know, this 3,000 people come to know Christ. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of logistics. That's true. That. There was a lot of work behind the scenes. So somebody was working. The church is growing daily as God adds to their numbers. Those are being saved, it says. I mean, they know they're distributing money. They know they're distributing food. We have a food distribution program for the widows. Like, you're seeing all kinds. Of, there's a lot, of, a lot of logistics happening. But yeah. I don't think they had planning center online or anything. Like, no. They didn't have it. So, yeah. We'll Peter's be. like, I'm going to pull out my Pope app. I'm going to check this out. <laughs> But so I, I don't I have to wonder how they versus us manage. But they also didn't have to worry about worry about. They didn't have to manage four hundred one ks and clocking in and yeah, you know, social security and tax exemption. Are you saying that they had it easier, John? Guys, they had it so much easier. I mean, sure, they the early died. church they were died. just getting <laughs> fed to lions. They didn't have to deal with tax exempt with the IRS. status. <laughs> a lot of people would say the IRS is being fed the lines too. Uh, Dealing okay. with them as being like being fed the lines. Yeah, and but, I don't know. It's a, I don't know. Mm, you're right, though. We have it way harder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that we. I think that the complexity of modern culture actually robs us of a lot of the, yeah, yeah, the, the joy of of yeah. the simplicity of it all. Yeah, uh, anxiety is the dizziness of freedom. We have so much. We have so many options that it's paralyzing us because we're like, is this the right thing? Whereas like they were just like, what cave do you want to meet in so they don't right. find us? Right. Well, there were stages of it, but yeah, a lot of it was that. Yeah. And then you go, and then you also see when the establishment comes together eventually, you know, yeah. third, fourth centuries, especially when it's in motion, you know, you begin to see within a thousand years, the level of corruption is so great. Yeah. You know, because you, if you're going to grow... I always say this, you know, to elders and staff, like about community groups. Mm -hmm. Look, we really are about community. Now, by definition, if you're going to be in community, you have to be in some kind of group. Yeah. So we have to structure that. (laughs) And that's the non, like I love. I want everything to be organic, but there has to be a a boundary, a border or something. I mean, even marriage is not organic. A skeleton behind it. Yeah. It begins with organic, organic feelings. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you eventually say, hey, here's a ring. So you had to buy that. Hey, here's a date for the wedding. Here's the invitations. Like it, it, I don't like the feel of that. I just want to go into a field and let our love, <laughs> you know, coalesce. You got to go to the bank and change your name oh. on your accounts. I mean, like, it's a, it's a whole yeah. thing. So, I mean, uh, organic. Yeah. Organic's good. It's just not sustainable. Right. That's true. There's, it's always about living. Uh, people want to live in the extremes and be like, I'm, I'm not that kind of a guy. I don't like, I, I just, I want to have a relationship with God that doesn't be confined by my need for it. It's like, well, that's just, you got to have, it's like, I wanted to remember that sketch we wanted to do where the guy goes to the doctor and the, uh, he goes, your blood pressure is out of control. I'm not really a numbers guy. <laughs> I know a lot of people get hung up on numbers. No, seriously, your cholesterol is like 552. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know what the norm is. I just feel like I'm I a- don't quantify <laughs> really those kinds of things. You're in danger right now. It's like you have to at some point be a numbers person. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not the indicator. It's an indicator yeah. of growth or lack of growth or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, Chuck. Yeah. You need to get on it. <laughs> I do. You got people reading cards. I don't know what's going on with you. <laughs> hey guys, like this card says, I should tell y'all not to read the card. 
Um, hey, listener, we appreciate the time you spent with us today. Mm. And uh, if listen, you are always welcome. If you'd like to send us a card, yeah, or you're welcome to speak into your own microphone via leaving us a comment uh-huh. on our podcast, or you can go follow Johnny at Instagram. Yeah, uh, go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com for over 200 archived episodes. You can also click on the Patreon link. Yeah, Patreon, that's where you can kick in a few shekels if you want to. Help us out, help us make content. Uh, we're, we have actually have marketing people now that, that work with us to try to get the more eyeballs on our stuff. Yeah. And so that helps us. And earballs. Eyeballs and earballs. So that yeah. helps us uh, find those people. And if you leave a rating and a comment, it helps people find the show because that's how the algorithm works. It's very yeah. slanted towards... Uh, engagement. So please engage with it. Don't just listen and then be like, I liked that. Click and shut off your phone. Go engage. Yeah, engage. Get engaged with us. Wait a second. Wait, that's not. Yeah, and hey, a couple of you did reach out uh, for my free book offer if you're willing to leave uh, an Amazon review. That's very nice. Yeah, I have a couple of those left for the giveaway. So just email me at john at johndriver.com and say, hey, I'd like to have a book. I need to do something like that. If you're willing to uh, leave an Amazon review, an honest one. So I have to send you the book. I realize this. I have to send you the book first. Yeah, and then I have to trust Same with the, time. With I don't the know honor you. system Same that time. you're going to actually go do it. So, yeah. But uh, I trust these people. I trust our listeners, too. I do, too. So, Something about them. Yeah, man, they, they really, yeah. Good people. Good, good people. Hey, guys, uh, thanks again. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel now. It's it's mm-hmm. small and growing. Video uh, clips going up all the time. Yeah, it gives us a chance to do a lot of clips. If and, you see some of our little blurb clips go up, make sure you share those. That helps more people find, yeah, find those, Yeah, it really, too. really does. Yeah. Share your stories. Uh, like reels it. yeah put it out there man we're putting out a lot of reels and we get a lot of traffic to our reels so appreciate That's you good. guys uh, yeah beautiful I almost said being so real but I just because I couldn't. we just want to get reels with you we feel like there's so many reels views it's just almost surreal you know Johnny okay. we're so close we're so close to getting out of here without being cheesy and cheesy guy hey guys thanks so much for listening we'll see you next week go and talk about that <laughs> Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free story behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.